when you're pulling data like this in, no two companies ever have the same exact data that's coming to them because it's been influenced by your ecosystem and the context around your relationship with the companies around you. And that makes the data more unique to you, but it also makes it more useful and actionable because you have this context embedded in it. Welcome to SaaS Connect, the SaaS Partnership Podcast, brought to you by the Cloud Software Association. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, content allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. So great to be here, back again after a couple years of this conference not being possible. Have had a lot of fun today. Thanks for that great introduction that sets the bar way up here. If you are coming to this talk today, I immediately love you because I think we win the title for the nerdiest possible subject matter. Talking about partner ops is something that did not come lightly as a decision here. You know, we could have talked about growth in the partner ecosystem. We could have pulled a bunch of data from Crossbeam to talk about all the evolving models that exist in co-selling and cross-selling. But instead, we decided, let's get in the weeds and let's talk about what's really happening with the data that's coming out of this emerging class of software products and the ways in which that data is actually fundamentally changing how partner teams create value and create leverage for the rest of the people at their companies. And today, it's in this very, very interesting kind of fledgling state. But there are going to be some very early dominoes that are falling that are part of a really big sequence that I want to show here today, mainly for posterity, because I think there is a lot that can be learned and a lot that early adopters can pick up from this. But more exciting is I cannot wait to be back here next year and talking about all the places that it's gone. And I think, hopefully, you'll share my enthusiasm over that after seeing some of this. It's hard for me to think about SaaS Connect without thinking about what an important role it played in the evolution of Crossbeam as a business, because I was here in March of 2019, and I gave this presentation where Crossbeam had launched in January of 2019. So we were this brand new product, and the talk that I gave here was very much this core thesis of saying, hey, there's this problem that exists in the universe of partnerships that we're calling you know, the partnerships prisoner's dilemma. And it's this really simple issue that comes up when you are trying to collaborate with somebody outside of your own organization, and you have to ask this question, do I share or do I not share? And this is akin to this classic uh, prisoner's dilemma problem in game theory where there really is no good solution. If both of you share, there is this gross oversharing that is happening that creates a potential breach of trust and tons of liability around data flying around. If one of you shares and the other doesn't share, then you have this information asymmetry that creates a very unhealthy and toxic dynamic in your relationship. And if neither of you share, you don't have any data because the very nature of what you're trying to do when you collaborate with your partners is draw these Venn diagrams that answer the questions like, are my sales reps and your sales reps trying to sell to the same people at the same time? You know, How many customers do we have in common and who are they? So the thesis that we brought up a couple of years ago here was what if you solve this by building something entirely new, something that basically serves like an escrow service for data uh, that sits in between companies that are collaborating with each other and provides this secure, independent, third-party platform where both sides can connect their systems of record, and it basically functions as Venn diagrams as a service. You can combine those data sets, you can surface the overlaps, and you can build workflows around what comes out of that. At the moment that I gave that talk, this is what the entire Crossbeam user base looked like. The little dots on that map are companies that have signed up for Crossbeam, and the little lines connecting them are partnerships that exist between those companies. So I think probably a couple of folks that are in the crowd, I think, are probably part of this map, right? So we had maybe a dozen, maybe two dozen companies that were on. And at this point in time, 
this is a classic network effects cold start problem, right? It was calling in every single favor, was going through every person in the network. Since the time that SASConnect last ran, this is what has happened to the Crossbeam network. What you're seeing here in this graph is over 8,000 companies that are interconnected on the network. There are tens of thousands of partnerships that exist connecting those companies together. And included in that graph, it's not just a huge universe of SMBs and small companies. We've got over 400 companies with 100 million in revenue participating. We've got 250 plus of the SAS 1000 dozens and dozens of big public companies and brands that have come onto the platform. And I say all this not to celebrate the progress that we've made, but instead to say we have been able to get to the point where that vision that we talked about two and a half years ago here at SASConnect feels like it has tipped, right? We've gotten to a point where the cold start problem of the network has been solved, and instead now we have this incredible opportunity to ask a question that we really didn't get to ask before, which is, now what? The existence of this network graph which by definition means there's also the existence of this new data layer that has been unlocked by all of these companies creating these data sharing paradigms that didn't exist before. What does that actually enable and how does it change the way that we do our jobs beyond being able to look at a screen and say, oh great, that's who's in the center of the Venn diagram. And my answer to this is, finally we can actually start the real work now. The network graph is great, it is exciting. The outputs of the network graph are exciting, but it is what we do with the outputs of that network graph that end up really creating the game changers around the way that partner professionals do their jobs. And what that means really is that partnerships as a category and as a group of people who are supported by technology tools finally gets to catch up. So let me talk about what catching up actually means. If you zoom out and you forget about partnerships for a minute, but you just think about SaaS as a category, and you think about the last 15 years and the innovation cycles that have existed, key to all of our jobs in the partnership space and the work that we do here is this exact innovation cycle, which is that new companies create new technology, and by virtue of those companies existing, new data gets created that exists within the silos of their technologies. Whether it's in any vertical, whether it's sales or marketing or people or finance or operations, product and engineering, new solutions that come out create new knowledge and new sets of information that's organized. And the beautiful thing about this conference is that step three is all of our jobs. That data then gets taken and gets used in a way that you can actually create more value by having it be pulled out and integrated into other products to create workflows, work streams, analytics, and basically this cohesive, beautiful output where one plus one equals three, and our companies all working together and integrating are more valuable than they would be as silos. And what happens when you do that? That in and of itself is the very thing that triggers the next wave of technology coming along. If not for Salesforce and the companies in the App Exchange, how many SaaS businesses that were category creators would have never existed in the first place, right? Standing on the shoulders of giants and integrating with the existing status quo of technology products creates the access to markets and it creates the access to innovation that then allows people to build new businesses that end up representing that next generation of technology. And you can trace this through venture capital portfolios, you can trace this through probably your own company's P&L, right, and where you spend money on different technology products. This cycle has been going strong in every single piece of the org chart for the last 15 years, except for partnerships. You look at the partnerships technology universe and there's a lot of great companies and a lot of great people working at and running those companies, 
that exists, but there has been a slowdown, a shortage of innovation in that category. The number of net new companies that were created to make partnership professionals have a better experience doing their jobs in the 2015 to 2020 range was so, so, so much smaller. The pace of new companies coming out and new technology coming out, so much smaller than we've seen in all these other verticals. And why? Well, in the partnership world, step two is incomplete. It doesn't exist. And the reason it doesn't exist is this partnership dilemma problem that I opened with here today. How can you have data on the way in which you collaborate with your partners if you only have the data that exists in your own silo? So the thesis that I come to the table here with today is that that step two, that new data that's been missing from this innovation cycle, specifically within the ecosystem space, is now a solved problem. Like the existence of the Crossbeam network graph unlocks this new data layer that also unlocks this innovation cycle that can now exist inside of the landscape of partnership technology. And even now, as you walk outside in the conference hall at these high top tables, the number of companies that we're seeing out there that were started in the last two or three years building partnership technology is so different than I was at this conference in 2019. It is a completely different energy. It is, as the kids say, there's been like a vibe shift, I think, that has happened, right, across this entire space. And I think that is a direct byproduct of this, and it's a direct product of those companies being able to be built on top of newer technologies that are fueling this innovation cycle. So then in this old world, right, where you were left with the silo data that existed in your own company's CRM, and that was all that you could do to drive innovation and metrics and work that got done in the partnership universe, all of a sudden, now, because of this interconnected data set that we have access to, you have more of an ecosystem CRM view. You have the ability to see the life cycle of a deal, an account, an opportunity, a conversation beyond just what's going on in your world, but through the lens of what's happening throughout your entire ecosystem. And that unlocks the ability to have shared pipelines. It unlocks the ability to know how these things are evolving in real time. And then ultimately to point back to all that activity and actually tell a real concrete story with hard numbers about how partner ecosystems are influencing revenue, which is kind of the great whale that we've all been chasing for all these years, which is actually getting back to real attribution that is convincing and that leadership teams believe and those insights that change our behavior. So partner teams now have this amazing second party data at their fingertips, powered by their ecosystem. So this is where it starts to get nerdy, right? And this is where it starts to uh, get to a place where we're talking about partner ops, which is the whole point of this talk. But all that was a preamble to what you see on this screen, which is, I don't know how many of you have written a SQL query in the last year, right? But there's this really important thing in SQL when you're joining two tables together, which is you need a join key, right? You need that information that's gonna connect the stuff in this table over here to the stuff in that table over here. It is also the same thing you would use in a VLOOKUP, right, inside of Excel. And this data, this core data that comes out of these partner ecosystem platforms like Crossbeam really is ultimately a join key, right? It is a piece of glue that will allow one CRM to be linked up to another CRM. And the CRMs themselves, through all of the amazing products that are connected through their own ecosystems, are then linked up to that data as well. And you basically create these joins that unlock entire new product use cases. And I, I want to talk through some of them, but what I also want to do before diving into that is to say that, like, we're starting to see this actually materialize in the real world. And I'll use Crossbeam as just an example here. This is the partner cloud marketplace. So this is our partner cloud, which is, this gets meta, but it's Crossbeam's partners, right? We're partner technology, but we also have our own partners. And this is the marketplace of all the folks that have integrated with us. You know, we've got 20 plus of them that have emerged in just the last year or so since we launched the partner cloud. We've got dozens more that are in development and that's building. 
And the common theme here is that these are all technologies that are then built on top of that data that's coming out of the Crossbeam platform, which takes us back to that same innovation cycle, right? So this is exciting because you get this periphery of tools that can kind of sit around the edges of where your data and your partner's data comes together thanks to that glue and all of this incredible new value add, all these incredible ways to infuse insights from the partner universe into how you do your work. And this all sounds great, right? It's fantastic until you remember this, which is that it is going to be an absolute mess. You think your CRM system is messed up now and your data quality is a major problem? Wait until you join it with every other CRM system that exists inside of your ecosystem. This is not going to be something that just automatically solves itself or is an easy problem to connect. And it's not something that's going to be universally and simply solved by us having a great matching algorithm or doing data cleansing in, in flow while the data is moving through our system. There's more than that required. The data is as complex as the opportunity is vast. And it's not just for partners anymore. It's also a force multiplier for every single team in the revenue org, which means you have all these complex consumers who are farther and farther and farther away from where the data came from that need a really simple experience. So the integration touch points become absolutely enormous. So how do you solve this problem? Well, here's the good news. This problem is a solved problem because that innovation cycle that we just saw become unlocked in the last couple of years that has been unlocked for a decade or more in just about every other category, specifically inside of revenue. And the revenue universe has figured out a way to address this, which is to develop professionals that exist inside of this field that wrangle this data and wrangle these systems together and are responsible for it. And that is called revenue operations, which was recently rebranded from sales operations. And whether you call it revenue ops, sales ops, marketing ops, like this ops field is really at its core responsible for the integrations that exist between these systems and making the data quality be consistent and the experiences of the consumers be high quality. And when we talk about partner ops, what we're really talking about is the expansion of revenue ops into this partner data set, into this universe of partner technologies that's coming down the pike and having that be seamlessly flowing into the tools and systems that revenue teams use, that sales teams use, that customer success teams use, that marketing teams use, and, and all the way up and down the funnel. Here comes partner ops. So we talk about partner ops, that's what we're talking about. A partner ops professional is really responsible for making partner data useful and actionable and scalable. And they put this data and all the playbooks that it unlocks in the hands of the right people in the right places at the right time. Like that is what the goal of these folks is. So with all of this, this almost feels like it could have been like an academic talk inside of some MBA course somewhere. What I want to do with the remaining few slides here is actually talk about the real world of partner ops that we see at actual companies who are taking this data and gluing it together with other systems and getting really, really cool outputs from it. Because I think these serve as case studies. You can find a lot of these on our, our website and other areas. Some of these are, you can't see them anywhere but here. But I want to walk through just a small handful that tell a story about what's possible when you start thinking about this data and what it holds together, right? So I want to start here. That data table that I talked about, you will see over and over again inside of these slides right under the Crossbeam logo, right? That's the glue. That's the connectivity that says, hey, here's the linkage between us and our partners and how our accounts overlap. So tools like Crossbeam ingest data from Salesforce. You connect to your whole partner ecosystem through Crossbeam and get that data out. What many, many companies are doing, this is probably the most common partner ops use case that we're seeing today, is companies are using what are called ETL tools, extract, transform, load, to pull that data, that join key data, out of Crossbeam and drop it into data warehouses. I'm using the Google ecosystem as an example here, right? So you can use a tool like Stitch to extract data from Crossbeam. You can drop it into 
Google BigQuery, which is a cloud-based data warehouse. And then you can use a business intelligence tool like Looker, and you can pop it on top of that BigQuery data. And what's happening in BigQuery is, because you've got that join key, you can now actually connect the data that came out of Crossbeam to all of the other data from all of your other systems, not just your CRM, but everything that goes into your attribution model, everything that happens inside of your business that's flowing into that centralized warehouse. I should point out here, too, there's a whole universe of tools and solutions in that modern data stack, right? So you could swap out Stitch for Fivetran, you could swap out BigQuery for Snowflake, and you swap out Looker for Sigma Computing, and you have a very, very similar kind of symmetric use case that can fold in here. And whether it's Tableau at the top and Redshift at the warehouse, level and Matillion at the ETL level, this story stays the same. You can pull the data from Crossbeam into the modern data stack. So what do you get out? Well, what you get out is the ability to then serve up data to your entire team, not just people in your partnerships organization, through these business intelligence tools that have been infused with the knowledge and the insights from your partner ecosystem. I have a couple of example slides here, but I want to say that like, we have enterprise clients that are doing this and rolling this out to hundreds going on thousands of sales reps globally. Right? Give them each their own sales dashboard with their book of business, all the knowledge from their partner universe, an ability to kind of pivot and action on that data connecting that into all kinds of things that aren't even Crossbeam related, like marketing touch points and other intelligence. This is the kind of stuff that we're talking about that Partner Ops enables. So in this particular thing, right, you've got a dashboard that exists for a selling rep where they know exactly how many of their current target accounts have partner relationships, how those relationships break down with different colors in uh, different uh, players in their partner ecosystem, and then line by line iterative data, right, around what overlaps actually exist and say who the account executive is at the partner organization or which partner manager at your company you need to reach out to in order to establish the connection. And the intelligence doesn't just happen at the individual rep level. You can zoom back out, and this is where we have our own customers getting ahead of our own product roadmap, right? We're doing a lot of stuff around attribution right now inside of Crossbeam, and you know, our goal is to be able to have every company tell the story of how partnerships creates real measurable dollars of value back to their business. But our own customers are beating us to the punch because they're pulling this data into these business intelligence systems and they are telling the story of how many active and open opportunities are moving through their pipeline and at what paces with what partners and of the deals that closed last quarter, being able to point that back to activity and relationships that pre-exist inside their partner ecosystem and the touch points that have mattered in terms of partner influence. And these kind of charts and graphs are becoming so, so prevalent and it's really, really an exciting piece of the story. So anyway, that's just one example, right? I knew our buddies over at Partner Portal will be here today, so I slotted them in here. This is kind of a funny one, which is I talked about partnership technology that's outside the realm of Crossbeam, right? Like, we're not trying to be a be-all, end-all partner solution. The entire category of PRM and all the folks working on collaboration and communication that happens between sales teams that are partner-led in nature, that whole story is something where we see it as an integration play and we see it as value add. And a really simple use case here is crossing data about where sales pipelines and accounts and customers overlap, feeding into something like Partner Portal really serves up an opportunity to build something that really looks and feels like next generation partner relationship management, right? Like, we're not replacing PRM, we're infusing PRM with the context of what's actually going on at the intersection of your sales pipeline and your account list with that of your partners. And Partner Portal's built it already, right? Like, they have this awesome integration, this is real, this is live in their product today. You can go into the Crossbeam tab, when you're looking at any partner of yours that exists inside of your Partner Portal PRM solution, 
and you can see a story of how the different leads that they have referred in are kind of working their way through the evolution of your sales pipeline, and more importantly, what they haven't referred in, but that you can see at the intersection of your data and their data because of this cross-beam data. And when you zoom in a little bit more, right, like you can actually go and view these overlaps on a one-by-one -one basis and collect metadata and tracking around that to know this is an overlap that exists. Has it been referred in through lead registration? Who is the owner? What is the stage of that deal on each side? And it takes this PRM story to an entirely other level because it makes the data dynamic. And it takes you out of this world of filling out forms and trying to map that back to your, your CRM instance and instead puts you in a world where this is dynamic and live and you know what to do and your PAMs know what to do when they come into work in the morning because there is this massive list of the latest and greatest things you can do to collaborate with partners. The next thing here Partner Ops does Account-based marketing. This is a really exciting one. And we have a lot of really awesome account-based marketing partners in our partner cloud. I use Terminus here because we have some cool screenshots that I'm going to show you on the next slide. But again, here, partner ops can really build that second arrow, right? Like Crossbeam's ingesting your Salesforce data. You've got that ecosystem data that forms this lookup table that's kind of the glue. And then you feed that data back out into uh, an ABM platform like Terminus. And what can you do? Well, think about account-based marketing and the nature of the work that you do there. What you're really trying to do is personalize and customize the experience of people that you're trying to educate about your product. And you're doing that based on what you know about them. And you're trying to make sure that you're able to segment those lists as intelligently as you possibly can. Now imagine that you could segment those lists by pulling in all of the knowledge that you've gained from all of the partners in your ecosystem who are sharing data with you about what overlaps with your technologies and theirs. Imagine being able to surface in your marketing communications and the way you target these companies what other technology products that you integrate with that they're already using and the use cases around that. You can build lists inside of Terminus specifically filtered and structured based on criteria about what came in from that cross-beam universe. And being able to do that then really allows you to curate these audiences, not just on firmographic information like how many employees you have, but literally about which of the five technology partners that we have are you already working with and already have rolled out inside of your organization? And how does that change our story about what your tech stack looks like, what the value proposition of our product looks like? That's happening here, and it's happening in this integration today. And the last one that I'll throw out here, because it's really fun and I love the ways in which this gets infused into partner tech is a lot of you know Adam and team from Partnered. The podcast is awesome. They also have an awesome product that is really built around something that Crossbeam hasn't quite extended into, which is the question of interactions and communication inside of an organization between partner managers and the account executives and the sellers that are there, right? Partnered really builds a product for salespeople that allows them to tap into the value of their partner ecosystem. The problem is you need data in order to do that, and you need the network. And you know we're working with Partnered on a really awesome integration where they can ingest that data from Crossbeam and then use it to power all of these awesome things where you can actually facilitate these workflows where sales reps are interacting with and requesting information and requesting introductions through partner managers, but they're doing it in the context of Slack. They're doing it in the context of Salesforce. They don't have to all log into some other platform somewhere. Instead, that data that's coming out of Crossbeam gets infused into these workflows. It allows them to hit the right button at the right time to request and initiate these conversations. And when appropriate, then eventually, that conversation expands even to communicating with the partner themselves. And this kind of stuff is kind of defining this next generation of workflows that happens, not just for the partner manager folks, but for everybody who's a stakeholder in that partner manager's work, which obviously includes uh, account executives and sellers. So to kind of wrap things up and put a little bit of a bow on it, 
one really important thing about partner apps is we were throwing this term around three years ago when that network graph looked like you know a tiny little petri dish. And the reality is we couldn't just will it into existence, right? I could have given most of this talk three years ago just without all those example slides. And you know it probably wouldn't have landed because it wasn't real. It wasn't something we could sink our teeth into. Partner ops is not an input. Partner ops is an output. Like partner ops only exists when we have been able to create enough of a paradigm shift in terms of the partner technology space that we have a problem that needs to be solved related to the intricacies of how this data gets gets pushed out into all these other areas. And you know that sits inside of revenue ops for a lot of people today, but it's got this big breakout moment because these use cases are unique and they are complex and they are ecosystem specific. So when you're hanging out between this year's SaaS Connect and next year's SaaS Connect and you hear that phrase partner ops get dropped or you, know, you see it in a job description somewhere or you hear your revenue ops team saying, hey, maybe we need to add a partner ops person, that is time to get excited because that is really evidence of this really amazing uh, change and paradigm shift in the value that you all can get from your technology tools and the value that you can create for the rest of your org coming to fruition. It's coming to life. When you see partner ops, you see success. You see a real inflection point in this entire space. And I'm super, super, super excited about that. So I want to thank everybody for the time, and I can't wait to see what happens next year. Bob Moore, everybody. Wow, Bob, that was incredible. We have a couple of minutes for Q&A, so maybe two, three questions. Let's see, who from the audience has some questions for Bob? Hi, Bob. Hey. Do you envision that Partner Ops sits in the partner organization or in RevOps? Oh, terrifying question. Great. So here's what I envision is people are going to have opinions about that. And I think that is, I don't know that there's a right or a wrong answer necessarily. It feels to me like there is more embedded institutional knowledge that is hard to transfer in revenue ops than there is in partnerships. And that's not a knock to partnerships, but I feel like if you're a revenue ops professional that like really knows the nitty gritty of how your CRM interconnects with your ABM platform and how the G2 data gets infused through all of that to, to add value, right? That's going to be a whole lot harder for someone sitting in the partnerships org to kind of learn by osmosis than it will be for someone in the revenue ops org to kind of understand the business use cases and value prop of partnerships. So my gut is that, I don't know if that's a forever answer, but I think the healthy place for it to start is with the other ops people. Other question. Hi, Bob. Um, Hi. My question is security. So in terms of merging these two instances of Salesforce, how do you get around that or how do you explain it or sell your partner on onboarding with you to be secure? Yeah, so probably the most important thing about this whole category of partner ecosystem platforms is that the goal here was never and will never be open sharing of the entirety of data sets. Everything that ends up coming through the pipe between you and a partner is subject to basically this very, very finely controlled filtering logic where the owner of any particular piece of data or set of data has the ability to turn these dials that dictates very specifically who can see what, when, and under what circumstances. For some partnerships, there's absolutely no data whatsoever shared. Uh, and well, all that's happening is roll-up statistics, right? You're seeing that we have 50 customers in common, or you know, our prospect, overlapping prospect or opportunities are worth $17 million this quarter. For other partners, they may only share 
information about the name of a company, but only when it overlaps. So I'm not telling you anything about a company that you don't already have your own distinct relationship with. All I'm revealing is this metadata about the fact that we happen to both have this relationship, and that's a jumping off point for a workflow. And for other folks, like if company A acquires company B, they may have no problem with completely open sharing between these data sets and doing the full linkage of every single data point because they're actually under the same kind of legal and, and corporate and privacy umbrella. And I think that really the whole point in a lot of ways of these platforms like Crossbeam is not so much to be a data, an open data sharing platform, but to be a governance platform where you can take that old practice of emailing spreadsheets around to do account mapping, which was kind of going under the radar of the legal and compliance teams, and pull it into daylight and get rid of all of the unnecessary sharing going on and have total control and transparency over what happens. And that's a pitch that works with compliance teams, with privacy teams, with governance teams. I think you might have a lot more to say about that. I've been referring to a lot of that as second-party data. Yeah. Uh, so that's... that's that's another topic to expand on a well, lot. I could yeah. give you yeah, another 30 minutes on exactly. that, but I, I love that. And it's true, right? You think about third-party data enrichment, which is a whole category, and there's a lot of great companies in it, but you buy data from a third-party data enrichment platform, like with your, your Zoom infos and your Clearbits, et cetera, you are buying the same data that the next company's buying that the next company's buying. That's why they're such great businesses. Like Zoom Info's S1 was like the greatest business you know, love story I ever read because it's such an incredible business because you just sell this data asset over and over again, but you're selling the same exact thing. You're just making a virtual photocopy of it. When you're pulling data like this in, no two companies ever have the same exact data that's coming to them because it's been influenced by your ecosystem and the context around your relationship with the companies around you. And that makes the data more unique to you, but also makes it more useful and actionable because you have this context embedded in it that's relevant based on your relationships with these other companies. So that's why that second party data, you're one hop closer to yourself and it's so much more valuable because of it. Let's give Bob Moore a fantastic round of applause for an amazing presentation. If you like this and want more great insights on software partnerships, you've got to rate, like, and subscribe. And join us at thecloudsoftwareassociation.com. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, content allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. We'll see you on the next episode.